Hello, and welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a 7th Heaven podcast. I'm your co-host, Lady J. And your other co-host, T. And we're going to be talking about episode 219 today, Time to Leave the Nest. The Amazon Prime spoilie is Matt's bending the rules and thinking about mo- and hinting about moving out against Annie's wishes. Oh, poor Annie. Poor Annie. So, Matt got into college, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think any of us thought this day would come, but <laughs> here it is. I don't think Annie and Eric thought this day would come. Yeah. And here it is. And sure enough, you know, he wants to move out. Like, yep. he's not mincing words about that at all. Um, I'm trying to remember now if I made this up or if Annie and Eric talk to each other about like we'll convince him to stay local yeah i think they do do that right mm-hmm. but um matt brings home his date later on and they go up to his like little secluded attic yes and, you know he's having like a legit grown-up a date i guess that's what the synopsis means by bending the rules yeah but it's not really bending the rules because like he asked for permission and yeah. they knew she was coming and like what else did they think they were going to do, you know? Try as they might to get them to sit and watch the sound of music with them. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Which, well, did you notice when that music, when you hear a little bit of sound of music yeah. playing? That's not, not the sound of music, no. right? No, okay. no, 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 no. I was trying to like think if like I remembered that tune from mm-hmm. anything and that's not the sound of music. Um, Do they, okay, please refresh my memory. Did Refreshing. they, um, refreshing did they go into what colleges he got accepted well i think he got into whatever the local glen oak yeah. college is and then the other one which i believe is in tennessee did oh that yes. yes 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 okay. there we go i don't know if they ever name drop it no they don't they just call it the tennessee college yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. um but that's the one he wants to go to mm-hmm. and spoiler alert by the end of the episode they allow him to yeah <laughs> um and, it, you know, it's kind of a cute thing because, you know, when he's with that date and they get some alone time or whatever, like before they proceed to make out like a couple of kids, she's older than him. You know, she's also sort of stagnant in her life. Like she's still living with her parents, whatever. Money's mm-hmm. hard. Kind of jobs are hard, whatever kind of thing. And I think it's her words to him that sort of give him the push that he needs, needs to like commit to his desire to leave. Yeah. Cause cause you know, it's one thing to go like, I'm getting the hell out of here as soon as I can. It's another thing to like actually do it. Yeah. You know? And I, I just found the date interesting only cause she's 23. Yeah. And he's 18. Yeah. I'm like, what's there? <laughs> what do you mean? Like 18, 23. I'm just, I I can imagine myself being 23 and not giving a shit to go out on a date with an 18-year-old is what I'm trying to say. Like you wouldn't have done it? Probably not. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, sure. I don't know. I don't don't know why that's not striking me as that weird. I feel like it should and it's not. And I'm like, why why am I not finding that weird? Not that, well... It's not weird. I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time, but it's just one of those things where I, I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, he brought home a 23-year-old. Okay, so he's over all the girls in high school. Well, that's, I think, part of it, yeah. right, is, like, he's trying to sort of spread his wings a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's trying to, like, I guess, I mean, he is technically, I guess, pushing the boundaries a little bit, right? I mean, bending job, the Matt. rules. 
might not have been the way I phrased it, but yeah, right. He's trying to like test the waters, yeah. kind of of what an adult life would look like mm-hmm. for himself. Um, yeah, I mean, th- like the date was doomed to fail from from minute one. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're never gonna have any peace and quiet in the house. They're never gonna be alone. Ruthie comes barging in and monopolizes the girls' time. And, yeah, you know, and then Mary and Lucy's incessant fighting is like drama that you know one needs or whatever. But it it was kind of cool to like I guess see that that mode in action like like yeah. you know like see the wheels turning if you will in Matt's head of like yeah like if I'm gonna try to be an adult and like have an adult life and yeah. whatever like I gotta go do this mm-hmm. you know which I'm now wondering if this is when he leaves the show oh but I'm like there's no way it was this soon because like. I mean, I know he left the show, but, like, there's For, no way he left it after just two seasons. Oh. I and there's know. no way because we know there's some stuff coming up down yeah. the line with him, which makes him a prominent member of the show. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they're going to work that, like, in terms of he's away to college, how they're going to have, have him, him be a part of the fabric of the show if he's not in town. Yeah. Although they could just retcon it all at the beginning of next season and just go, he stayed. I <laughs> you know. know. Like, this, like the Tennessee school burned down, whatever. Tennessee you know? school burned down. <laughs> they could do that. We'll, time will tell, I guess. It remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, so that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to not have Matt, like, always around, you know. Yeah. To be Big Brother, Brother. or you know weird sexual chemistry tension with mary (laughs) so weird so weird um but yeah so i guess the other big thing that happens in this episode is simon (laughs) found an orphan yeah (laughs) like yeah literally found a girl on the street who was like muddy and clearly was alone mm-hmm. you know hadn't isn't being cared for whatever and like brings her home yeah and of course annie's like okay <laughs> like and annie and eric both are like okay yeah <laughs> like here we are so they have to like clean her up and try to get her to talk and she's practically mute yep. she won't say a word um and then and then we see like simon trying to like get her out of her shell a little bit you know Mm -hmm. like trying to make her laugh or whatever and then this happens (laughs) yeah it can be pretty funny some might even say charming yeah right prince charming what are we doing we are busy did you crack it crack talk speak move her lips and make sounds not a word maybe i can get her to talk and tell us where her real family is forget it she's staying and don't get any ideas about sharing her. I found her. She's mine. Fine. We don't get any ideas about her sleeping in my room. Why should I? So, I kind of want to unpack this a little bit. Okay. Because I need to understand Simon's need to keep this girl. I, yeah. Like, he owns her. Like, or even, like, as a pet. Like, yeah. c- can we keep her? Yeah. She's not a dog. Yeah. Like this he isn't totally, happy number two for you. That's right. And he's treating her first of all, she's in the room during yeah. the entire conversation with Ruthie. They're acting as if she's not there. Mm-hmm. Which is partly the girl's fault because she's not speaking. Yeah. So they can't engage her in conversation. So fair enough. But 
the like the words he uses like she's mine i found her yeah. she's not gonna sleep in your room like i'm like dude this is a person yeah. simon and you're old enough to know better by now that she didn't just appear out of nowhere for you to find her yeah clearly she belongs to somebody you know what i'm saying uh, it's just weird it's- i yeah like it i some obsessive obsession thing was coming out of him like totally this, this need like it makes you wonder what are you what are you trying to gain out of this like what is it that you're trying to fulfill totally it it's it's almost akin to the way that ruthie was like i need to be a magician mm-hmm. like where we didn't explore what that means like why does she have this need yeah like i you know again missed opportunity to explore this part of simon's mm-hmm. psyche or whatever of like why does he feel like he needs to keep this girl yeah or like that he has ownership over her maybe it has something to do with his relationship with ruthie like Maybe like that's over. Ruthie's having some more agency in yeah. herself. And so this girl like takes the place of like his sidekick yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. But again, things to explore. Like, why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't we like sitting Simon down and yeah. going, you don't talk about people this way, yeah. Simon, let alone. And, and Ruthie was also being territorial, too. She kind of was. Yeah. Like she's but not in sleeping in my room. Way. And like, she, like, I can get her to talk. Let's get her out of here. Yeah, but she's but also being a brat in this episode. I, she's like, I, I talk, speak, move her lips. Like, who are you? I think are you uh, a gangster from the twenties? Dude, like, <laughs> I think she's. Um, I think this is it. I think with Ruthie, this is what we're gonna see from you now think? on. Just like snark and yeah, like little brattiness. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Knowing a little bit of what I know about Ruthie mm. as she gets older, I think that's very possible. But I will say, um. In that scene, that 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 clip that you just played, mm-hmm. um, when Simon leans into Ruthie like like they're touching foreheads, mm-hmm. there was something so cute about that. That to was me. very cute. Like a part of me thought, like, are these kids? Were these kids like this? Like they were just like, were they this close? I mean, you have to imagine that they had to be right yeah. because they are young. So presumably, like on set. They have to follow like child actor laws, which means a lot of downtime, Mm -hmm. a lot of like school, you know, trailer time, whatever. So they're probably spending a lot of time together. Plus they're, they're each other's scene partners 90% of the time. So yeah, I mean, you have to figure like they probably developed a little bit of a brother sister vibe between them. That felt more natural in the sense like, like it didn't I, feel scripted. It no, felt yeah. like a really sort of organic yeah. thing that a big brother and a little yeah. sister would do. I, I mean, I, it's hard to describe it, it using our words. Mm-hmm. I guess you'd have to sort of see it. But he like he like comes down to her, to her face and like they like touch foreheads and he just like looks at her and goes and like like pushes her off and goes like scram or whatever yeah. he says. You know, it's just it's a really cute thing, little thing. You know, I just found that so cute. Yeah, and it's adorable. Um. Well, and then I guess, so in that same vein of like, you know, this is a girl, she's a person who came from somewhere or whatever, I guess it's worth playing this clip um, after Eric does some digging with Sergeant Michaels and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, And then, of course, after this man like barges into the police station in a state similar to this girl when we first met her. Talking about, like, I need my daughter. Where's my daughter? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Eric sort of puts two and two together. 
So um, he um, comes back home and then has this conversation with Simon and the girl whose name is Sarah. Mm -hmm. Please take me back to my daddy. He needs me. I shouldn't have left him alone. It's okay. He's a daddy. Daddies can take care of themselves. But my daddy is sick and we run out of food all the time. So he needs me to go with him and ask people for money so he could buy stuff. What kind of sick? What's wrong with him? I don't know, but if he doesn't drink a lot, he hurts real bad. We can't let her go home, even if she wants to. Promise me we won't. So, I mean, that's like some A-plus acting from Sarah right there. Mm. She's just like this little girl, and she's like really hamming it up. Like, yeah. I, you know, he hurts real bad if he doesn't drink, and yeah. I have to beg for food. And the way that, like, that sort of rolls off her tongue, like, it's just a part of her life. Yeah. Like, this is how I live my life. My dad gets sick if he doesn't drink, and so I have to be the one to, like, make sure we have food mm-hmm. and take care of him and stuff, which is really sad and awful of course for a young girl she's probably like what like eight years old or whatever yeah to deal with as her reality um but yeah (laughs) Um, i don't know i i yeah i don't know what to say about that like it's it's rough yeah and and then you know of course we do see um her father was taken to the hospital and he's like sort of detoxing i guess like you know coming down off of his withdrawals Mm -hmm. or whatever and he's like irate and he's like get me out of here you know where's my daughter whatever and i think it's there that eric mentions to him like you're not gonna see your daughter right now kind of thing right like you need to get cleaned up or whatever Mm -hmm. but then he just like what he like he like leaves the hospital essentially the guy mm-hmm. right like he doesn't I, I'm, I'm trying to like rack my brain to remember like the details of how they are able to come back together I, that yeah that's the part that i can't remember other than so we know that at some point eric finds sarah's grandmother mm-hmm. her dad's mother yeah um who is like her closest living relative or whatever mm-hmm. and sort of maybe Sarah can live with her yeah um until her dad can go through rehab or you mm-hmm. know whatever steps he has to go through to get back to a place where he can take custody of her back um but and then the grandmother is sort of hesitant too because it's like she doesn't have a relationship with Sarah you know yeah and he kept her away from her this mm-hmm. whole time and she's been alienated and now it's like an adjustment for Sarah and for the grandmother and she's old and she has to think about what happens if I go and he's not better and whatever, you know, and it's this whole thing. It's just like this family is like in turmoil, you know, but I mean, at the very least, at least, um, the dad, I can't believe I don't know these characters names. Like I I don't either attention at all, but like the, at least the dad is, seems willing to go through the steps yeah you know what i mean like they sign him up but he doesn't reject it necessarily like he goes mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to give sarah up 
but he knows that it's what's best for her. Yeah. And that if he ever wants to ha- have hope of getting her back. It's only by getting himself better. Yeah. They go to his trailer. Oh, by the way, I totally. <laughs> this is weird. Um, but when Always. I when I saw. Um, so they do end up going to his place, obviously. Um, yes. I, I Maybe I'm, I'm jumping too far ahead here. No, we're fine. We're jumping all over the place. Um, but. They they go to his trailer just to see what's what the living conditions are like. Breaking all the rules of the law, by yeah. the way. Sergeant Michaels is like breaking all the laws. Like they're like fully breaking into this guy's yeah, house yeah. without a warrant or cause mm-hmm. or whatever. But anyway, go on. They go and they look at his place. It looks like shit. Oh my god, it's a mess. Yeah, there's there's rats, there's food everywhere or empty bottles everywhere. The he sleeps on the bed and if you call it a bed, it's like a mattress on the floor. Yeah like a pile of sheets on the floor or mm-hmm. whatever but <laughs> the, the the most bizarre thought that i had whenever i saw that they they get a shot from the room or from the trailer as if it's from where the dad sleeps okay and you're seeing the trailer and you're seeing how like there's like this um fake not wall but like um i want to say like the wall that separates the bedroom to the kitchen or like whatever a little screen or yeah. something yeah I couldn't help but think this reminds me of the trailer that I saw in Kill Bill 2 where oh, <laughs> where shit. that fight yeah. scene happens. I'm like, why does it look like the exact same trailer? That's so funny. From just that angle. I was that's all I th- I'm like, did they just use the same trailer? Like <laughs> is this like something that they keep on lots? This predates Kill Bill by like I, 10 years I know. easily. <laughs> I know, but like I but that was the first thought that came that's into my so head funny. because it looks just as messed up as it did in the movie. I feel like this is a wider the the, sh- yeah. the trailer in this show it's like a double wide mm-hmm. or whatever. It, yeah. it, it's it's almost like a house. Like yeah, it yeah. has like the like the feel of a house. Mm-hmm. Whereas the trailer in Kill Bill is like okay, literally just sure. like a hallway. Yep. Like very narrow and tight and but yeah, that's that's funny. Um whenever we, you were talking about how like Sarah it just rolls off her tongue the way she's mm-hmm. talking about her situation and mm-hmm. that's the reality. It's interesting because like she says everything so easily because i think there was no there there is no fear of like oh they're taking my dad away or they're gonna take me away because i guess she's never maybe she's never experienced it or has been threatened that like she's gonna be taken away from her dad yeah and she's just voicing her reality she's yeah. just it's black and white like this is what it is no for sure i i was making a comment on the the like meta narrative yeah truth of like how sad no that's her reality right Mm -hmm. but to your point like yeah he has alienated her for so long Mm -hmm. they've 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 been able to stay under the radar for so long for her whole life right because i think her mom is dead right they established Mm -hmm. like she overdosed or something Mm -hmm. and died so like um oh where was i going with this oh like they've been able to like sort of live this way for so long without mm-hmm. real any like fear yeah. of consequence. Yep. Um that I lost I I keep losing my train of thought. Oh. <laughs> Cuz I'm like looking at my notes and thinking about other things. Um point being like your point, I guess just to reiterate it or whatever, which is like, yeah, she doesn't know that there is another life mm-hmm. to be lived. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even think 
they have running water in their trailer. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was like filthy when yeah. they found her and he was filthy too mm-hmm. when he came barging into the police station. Yep. Like, you know, almost like they live on the streets or whatever, but they don't, but clearly they're not living in the best conditions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really sad when Annie like takes her upstairs and like gives her a bath and then they pick clothes mm-hmm. and when she just hugs her, yeah. Sarah just hugs her. Yeah. It, it's so sweet. Cause it's like this, this girl's just hungry for some, like for some sweetness, some love, some yeah. tenderness. You know? And and that's not to say that her dad doesn't love her because yeah. I believe that he loves her in his way. Like maybe not super like affectionately, yeah. like how Annie would be, let's say, mm-hmm. but it's a it's very apparent that yeah. like he obviously loves this girl like mm-hmm. with all of his heart and would do anything for her which is ultimately the sacrifice he makes at the end yeah. when he's able to like talk to her because she doesn't want to go with grandma she like yeah. kicks and screams and whatever and he's like he's like you got to go with her right now mm-hmm. you have to do this and I promise that we'll be together again you mm-hmm. know and his words and like helping her like cope with the situation or whatever like that's love man you yeah. know for better or for worse yeah. like that's his love for her i am reminded of um we recently have i, I have a coworker who uh participates in toastmasters mm-hmm. which is for those who don't know like an organization that um fosters like public speaking abilities okay. or whatever in people who want to participate in that essentially it's like a little club or whatever Uh and you go and it's all about just like speaking so like public speaking but like you you do like a little impromptu speech or you write and prepare and practice Mm -hmm. a speech um that you present to your club and that you work with and you get feedback and and constructive criticism and it's all just about you know making people better at public speaking yeah you know um, or not even just better at it, but just to have an environment where they can do that and practice mm-hmm. it and be good at it or whatever. But, um, and then he, like this coworker of mine is like the president of our club at work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a it's given the distinction of being, uh, I'm going to butcher this, like a president executive something or another in other words it's like it's like one of like the best clubs in the state or whatever our little work club and um and he's got the speech that he has like honed and perfected and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like really short too it's like two or three minutes but he's now touring it essentially on the competition circuit so he's won like three competitions thus far i think like a local and a you know whatever and then like a divisional competition and then like next is like regionals and then nationals and then like the world or whatever like you know he keeps winning he gets to keep going kind of thing and um and it's this really beautiful personal speech about um, his own experience with something similar to Sarah's in that um, when he was really young, um, um, Child Protective Services, like, came and took him out Mm -hmm. of his home. And, like, out of respect for him, I don't want to go into too many details, but, like, essentially, like, he was put into the foster system and, and, you know, and his speech becomes less about him and more about like the foster system in America and how 
there's so much work to be done, you mm-hmm. know, to like really sort of make things better for kids because the statistics are really horrible for foster children. And in terms of like success and like, you know, becoming like successful adults who, yeah. you know, are like productive members of society or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, well, I guess what re- what really reminded me of that whole speech was this conversation. I mean, the conversations that are had about Sarah, um, you know, in terms of like, well, what's going to happen to her? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if her dad's out of commission, like, where does she go? If, if, if her grandmother doesn't take her, then she has to end up in the foster system because where else is she going to go? The Camdens can't take her realistically. Yeah. They don't have the space or the ability to take care of another kid. Um, and so it's just like this dire situation, you know, like it's just really, really sad. And I think about the stuff that my coworker talks about in his, like in his speech and like, you know, foster kids, like it's not pretty, you know, it's not, things don't always go well for foster kids. And the fact that Sarah's like this sweet little girl and like, she did nothing wrong, you Mm -hmm. know, she has no, she's so innocent and you know she just loves her dad <laughs> and like, yeah i mean her dad's her world you know mm-hmm. and just thinking about that is like really hard <laughs> and sad really sad but i don't know i mean in the end everything's everything kind of sort of works out her grandmother takes her she goes with her grandmother um they um the camden family fixes his trailer oh i want to talk about i want to play that scene okay just because i think it's like really um funny and i mean (laughs) i'll play it and then i'll say what i think about it i thought this would be a good place to talk to you about the importance of a college education moving away from home not drinking or doing drugs responsibility marriage sex children setting a good example for your brothers and sisters that kind of stuff you know typical shit you talk about when you're cleaning a trailer seriously (laughs) like what else could he have possibly fit into that list (laughs) he's always reaching man (laughs) it's like eric is so fucking hilarious at times i'm just like i thought this would be a good time or no a good place to talk to you about responsibility kids sex marriage jobs like what are you what are you talking about? You're here to clean in the dark with no lights. Oh man. <laughs> and poor Matt's like, all right. <laughs> like, okay. Matt's like, all right, I'm stuck here. Seriously. You're my ride, so here we go. I mean this is the show, right? Like, what are we gonna do? This is the show we are given to work with. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Like, like that list goes on and on and on. He just keeps throwing more shit he wants to talk to Matt about in there. Poor guy. He's like, I'm going to be stuck here for hours. Well, clearly. I mean, yeah. the amount of work they do on this trailer. Yeah. And how quickly, too, they were able to pull together all these resources. Yeah. The, the mattress and the extra bed and the food stocked in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? Come on. And the and the Meals on Wheels is going to happen. Yep. And the bus is going to take him to and from meetings. And, like, overnight, yep. all this was arranged, really. Well, with the Camdens, anything's possible. Clearly, with Matt, with Eric's connections in every place of the Dude, world. Dude, seriously. 
How big and how small is Glen Oak? One or the other. I, but that's not just Glen Oak, though. Like, he's always alluding to, like, oh, I knew a guy who does that thing that I can help you with. Like, where did you meet all these people? <laughs> You've only ever lived in New York or Glen Oak. Like, yeah, where did you meet everybody in every walk of life? In New York. <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. Duh. <laughs> and then I also want to play this clip, just since we're laughing at things. Okay. All my own, alone, alone. Oh, I love my room. I love my space, my place, cause it's my room. All my own, alone, alone. I forgot about that. It's my favorite scene of this whole episode. Like, just her, like, ridiculous, like, she's wearing a boa and a princess thing and a tiara, and she's just, like, spinning around her room, singing at the top of her lungs. I love my room. It's so something I would do. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. In fact, I'm pretty sure I said those exact same words to myself when I finally moved out of my parents' house and had my own room for the first time. I'm pretty sure I stood in my room and was like, I love having my own room. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't sing it and twirl like Ruthie did, but I just, I love that moment so much. It was too cute not to pass or not to play. I love my room. I love living alone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ruthie does a lot of singing on the show for someone who is ostensibly not a very good singer. (laughs) Mm, That's true. I mean, they had her sing the entire national anthem. Yep. And that's like a hard song for anyone to sing. Mm-hmm. That's a hard song for like Whitney Houston or Christina Aguilera to sing. Like, and you've made this five-year-old girl sing it. Like, and she's not a good singer. <laughs> that episode was funny too because after she like she was done and everyone's clapping, she's like, "I did it. I finished." <laughs> This look of surprise. No, it wasn't even. I mean, maybe it was surprise, but her like she like her she was already smiling, and then she did one of those like making it bigger things, you know, with your teeth, where you yeah. just like where you pull back your lips even more. Like, ee, I did it! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, Ruthie. So, should we talk about the elephant in the room, which is to say the sex talk that Annie gives Lucy and Mary? Oh, yes. Okay, please. Let's talk about it. This is a tangent like no other for the show. Mm -hmm. Like, this has no bearing on anything that's happening in this episode, other than the fact that, like, Matt's getting ready to leave the nest. Fine. But what the fuck does that have to do with Lucy and Mary hearing the story of how Lucy was conceived? I, no answer? Thank you. And especially because it comes on the heels of them fighting over personal boundaries and space in their own room. Yeah. Because, okay, it all starts because Mary is reading Lucy's diary. Mm Mm-hmm. And Lucy is, of course, like outraged by this. Yeah. And then Mary's like, well, you left it out for anybody to read. So fair game or whatever. Where do you stand on that? How do you where do you fall on that? Like whose side rather? Um, Kind of on Lucy. Kind of. Yeah. You know, only because it's like, dude, if it is your diary, be smart about it. Like you live in a house of 
with like zero privacy yes (laughs) so you would think like maybe she would maybe have one of those like stupid diaries like with the lock on it yeah or you would keep it somewhere so no one would read it or you know put the effort to hide it but she just assumed that no one would read it but the best was she's like well if you mary's like if you keep it no if you leave it everywhere everyone's just gonna keep reading and then lucy's like keep keep reading (laughs) (laughs) you the way you just did that right now you totally look like lucy with the with the like jumping yeah motion she, that she you did, did. she's like keep keep reading <laughs> where like her bangs bounce yeah <laughs> she totally did have the bounce yeah it's awesome her bangs oh my gosh but i mean dude like just be smart about it but yeah i mean i guess you would assume that like it is it's a private journal why would you read it yeah you know it's yeah read it i totally fall on lucy's side of this too i feel like i mean it's not really like a controversial side to take right i think anybody would agree but man mary was such a bitch yeah that's the problem i have like mary is like so just like unapologetic about it all like it's almost like it was her right to read it because she found it and it's like No, because I'll tell you what, having shared a room with my sister for the better part of my life, like, we left shit lying around all the time. I never had a lock on my journals or whatever, and neither did she. I don't know if I was saying she kept a journal, but assuming she did, like, we never, you know, it wasn't about hiding it for us, but if I came across her journal in a million years, I would never have picked it up and started reading. Right? I would never. I would never violate that. No. Just because I also know that she I wouldn't want her to violate me like that yeah you know what I mean and I think Lucy mentions like oh I'll just read your diary and she's like if I kept one right? yeah doesn't that come up but why throw her emotions in her face yeah no why, it's like mean why are you such a bitch about it like okay if that's how she feels that's how she feels because what does Lucy say she's like I feel like I'm a woman with passions that haven't been awakened yet or she some says shit. like se- sexual pa- passions like trapped under my perkiness or something <laughs> like that and it's just like even when Mary repeats it it's like you're such that's a right. dick that's right it's mean and she's like and she, but the worst part is is she's reading it out loud yeah. too, making it known to Lucy that like look at me I'm reading your diary like come on yeah that's just mean and then so of course this prompts lucy to do the classic sharing a room thing which is to yeah. put a line of tape down the you know splitting the room yep. and like that's my half and that's your half and don't you dare cross under my half and i will bring down the hellfire on you and then of course mary has the last laugh on that one too because the door is on mary's side yep. so she can leave and lucy can yeah it's a whole thing and i love that lucy like stares her down and crosses the line and walks out too. yeah i was like go girl <laughs> i was on lucy's side in this in this episode i must mm-hmm. admit which is rare for me i know <laughs> keep keep reading <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny <laughs> i'm gonna need a sound clip of you doing that in my phone that will be your ringtone um but yeah, so that happens, and then these two are just, like, going at it the entire episode. Like, they're disruptive, they're constantly fighting, they can never get along, and Annie finally has to, like, do something about it. Yeah. So she comes into the room, she gets them to sit down, and proceeds to tell the story of when they conceived Lucy. Like, I don't I don't know how they got from A to B on that one. I, don't, I just they, don't get it. Did, was Annie kind of, like, eavesdropping about them talking about, like, 
not having sex, but like having like I that, that's the part I can't remember. Well, okay, so if we when we just said that the part of the diary that Mary reads out loud is Lucy's you know, declarations of how she's like, has all this passion swirling beneath her perkiness. There you go. So clearly she's got sex on the brain. Yeah. But like Annie doesn't know that necessarily. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like for all Annie knows, they're just fighting because they're sisters that are living in close quarters and they're getting older and hormones and blah, blah, blah. So like the, why she feels the need to come in and go, I think it's time we have the sex talk girls. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just kind of random mm-hmm. and serves no purpose other than the show wanted to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, but so she sits them down and starts telling about this one particularly steamy time with Eric yeah. and how it was Valentine's day and he forgot or he was late or some blah, blah. And then, and then, um, he brought her flowers and it was so romantic and then i'm looking at you really confused because i can't remember because she tells a stupid story and then she ends it with and that's the night we conceived you lucy or like something or didn't they say like we forgot it was valentine's day something like that yeah it was one of those like you know he made up for it by doing something romantic thing Mm -hmm. and i mean they had already been married for how and god knows how many years they had already had two other kids it's not that big a fucking deal okay like who (laughs) gives a shit so that's the night we conceived you and then of course lucy is like in fucking hog heaven because she's like not only am I the most romantic person underneath my perkiness, I was conceived on Valentine's Day. Like, that makes you special. Like, yeah. you and everyone else in this fucking world. Seriously. <laughs> All them November babies. Seriously. Uh, wish my sister is one. <laughs> <laughs> I say that only because I know she's not listening. <laughs> um, yeah. So that happens. And then, so then she's like, she's like, and you know, when it's the right time and whatever, it'll be the right time for you. But please wait because it's so much more special when you really love the person and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that Annie and Eric's wedding was a shotgun wedding. Oh, dude, that would be good. Except that we know it's not because they've been married for 20 and Matt's only 17. Oh, that would have been fun though. Right? If that was like the underlying subtext of all of this, you know? well, no, we found out that Annie smoked pot and everybody freaked the fuck oh, out. Oh, dude, yeah, that's true. No premarital sex for Annie. No, no, no. There's no way she didn't have sex before marriage. You don't think she didn't? She and Eric fucked before they got married. There's no way. Yeah, well, they got married within less than a year of yeah. knowing each other. You don't do that unless you've had sex. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um. So. Oh yeah. Okay. So then that happens, and then she leaves, and and the whole and the whole time Mary's like, "Do we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, do we need to have the conversation now? No one's thinking about sex here, you yeah. know." And and to Annie's credit, it's like clearly Lucy is. Yeah. <laughs> she even Lucy even says like, "I know stuff, but like just the biology or whatever she yeah. says, you know, like she wants to know about the stuff, <laughs> you know." Yeah. She wants to know about she's, this yeah. she's a 13 year old girl or 14 or however the fuck old she is in their time warp of a Glen Oak. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cute. It's weird that she's so like willing to have this conversation with her mom. Like I can't point to any 14 year old girl who'd be willing to have this conversation with her mom so willingly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. 
Right? Mm-mm. I mean, like, I can see myself having this conversation with my mom now, but I'm fucking 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so then Annie leaves, and then Lucy's just like, she like leans back on her pillow as if like the world is right because she just learned some shit, <laughs> you know? So funny. And the whole time, Mary just has to be like, ew. Oh. <laughs> And is she holding a basketball again? Like, <laughs> oh God. But I think, and I think she even says, I don't know if it's Annie or Mary who's like, please don't like, I, like I'll tell you about how you were conceived later. Or mm-hmm. Mary's like, please don't. Or yeah. something. You know? Seriously. <laughs> oh, I know. I know what it was. Cause they bring up how was Mary conceived? And Annie's like, that's a story for another day. Oh God. <laughs> Ew. Right. Does it get any worse than like Valentine's Day? (laughs) Seriously. Um, So yeah, that happens. I mean, I think we like touched on pretty much all the stuff that happens in this episode. Do you have any stray observations? Um, Can we just talk about Matt's date? Um, Oh God. When Matt, what's Molly Molly and Ruthie decide to bond? Oh yeah. Well, because Matt leaves them. So Ruthie barges in into the attic on, on the date or whatever and starts monopolizing Molly mm-hmm. and then won't leave. And yeah. Matt tries everything to get her to leave. But so then his last resort is like, he has to leave, go downstairs yeah. and get Annie or somebody to like get rid of her for well, him. Well, first he asks the girls and the girls are just like, nope, not having any yeah, of it. Yeah, because they're too busy fighting and bickering. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, so then Molly and Ruthie are bonding over the fact that they both pulled their heads or pulled the heads off their dolls. Yeah. That, and she says, that's so radical. And I was like, oh, what? Molly also uses the word dope at some point in this episode. And I just, and I, I had to like take a hard, long look at myself when I heard that (laughs) because I use dope now and I thought I was like kind of cool about it like or maybe i was using it ironically or whatever and then i heard it come out of her lips and i'm all oh no no (laughs) i'll never use that word again oh no no unfortunately i've definitely used it since but now i will always think about molly when i do (laughs) dope (laughs) i find like i feel like i only use dope in the context of dope af which Mm. might save me a little bit (laughs) might because then i'm definitely doing it ironically right like I don't actually speak that way. <laughs> no. No, no, no. You don't. <laughs> okay. Good. Thanks. <laughs> Pat on the shoulder. <laughs> um, oh, there's also that moment in the kitchen where Eric and Annie are like... Making out again. Well, <laughs> nearly. They're talking about stress and how it's such a turn on. <laughs> oh. So creepy. Like, what is it about stress that's kind of a turn on like ugh. 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 with them kissing just save so it for valentine's throw day up. yeah seriously <laughs> valentine's day oh but wait a minute don't be with the hamiltons because you know Pat. oh lord <laughs> she's gonna get a phone call <laughs> do you not think, anymore yeah. i don't think he's gonna call anymore i i would yeah i would hope not. i don't Dude, think he's move gonna on call anymore yeah right, that's besides the point okay. yeah <laughs> which episode was that after valentine's day <laughs> no i know <laughs> But like, which number episode was that? Was it two seventeen or two sixteen? No. no, I think it was like it might have been two fourteen again. 
No, not not two fourteen again. Like it, forget, <laughs> forget it, forget it, forget it. The point I was trying to make was like, isn't that funny that episode two fourteen yeah. is about the guy who calls on Valentine's Day? But mm. I don't know if that's true. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been sooner than that. Anyway, mm. neither here nor there. Um, any other stray observations? Only that Matt called the girls. Um, viper twins oh yeah what's up with the viper twins (laughs) (laughs) that's what we should call each other the viper twins but that should be our nickname for ourselves (laughs) but didn't you all right um Mm. Mm. no Mm. is that bad is that derogatory i was like i didn't think about it Mm. but why not though if we own it i don't think it's bad necessarily no 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 no. i don't even think he means it in a bad way you know what i mean viper twins but i find it funny how matt was being parent number three again yeah finding himself having to come between everybody yeah and yeah. i was like oh poor guy yeah you should leave yeah actually that's what it absolutely. is absolutely like poor you guy should. you should leave yeah you're totally. over it you're over it and you need to find some space for yourself and like become your own man you mm-hmm. know what i mean outside of the identity of like the eldest camden or whatever yeah or one of the camdens frankly because that comes with a whole set of baggage you know so yeah Shall we rate it? Mm, yes. Okay. You go first. I didn't write a rating down on this one. Oh. So I'm winging it. Okay. Um, I'll give this episode a seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's seven territory. I mean, maybe a six. You know what? Yes. I will revise to a six. And I'm going to write it down so it, so it shall be. <laughs> That's funny because I was between a five and a six. Okay. Well, you always skew low. You might as well give it a four four or whatever. (laughs) But I mean, there are some things that made me chuckle, you know? Yeah. But but every time when Eric and Annie just try to be cute, I'm like, I just want to throw up every time. Yeah. There's something about it. It's so. It's the noise. (laughs) It's the sound. It's the wetness. It's all of it. Yeah. Like you hear them kissing and then like you. But you can't help it. The more I think about it, the more I realize, like, think about it. Anytime you kiss somebody, even if it's a show and it's fake, right? Like, kissing comes with a sound. I know. Now, add on top of that a fucking boom mic on top of your head. Like, it's gonna pick shit up. You know what I'm saying? I know, but here's the thing, though. It never bothered me before until this (laughs) damn show. (laughs) It never bothered me before until this show. That's funny. And only this show. Like, Put on any other movie and someone's making out think not because, a problem. Well, okay, so that's an interesting conversation to have. Like, what other show can we think of that features like married adults of a certain age, like kissing on with some sort of regular consistency? I oh, I have no right. Maybe this is us now. Maybe who are the old people kissing on that? Well, not. Old, I, I guess. Okay, yeah. I, I guess you're trying to say around their age, then nobody. Right? So maybe that's the turnoff for us because we're so used to seeing like hot young people making out that we don't think twice about it. It's just him, man. He's just creepy. I know. He's gross too, obviously. But you got to think like at if the time I'm, he was just an actor. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, no, I think, no, I think he would always, he always weirded me out on Seventh Heaven. Like his face would annoy me. Yeah. How horrible yeah. is that? His face would annoy me. But it did. 
Is that true? Really? Yeah. I don't think I never thought about him that much, to I don't, be honest, as a kid. Like, I wasn't, like, focusing on Eric a ton. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe it's because, like, every time the show was on, I would just naturally be like, oh, this show. And I'd just, like, change the yeah. channel. And But I also have to sort of kind of give the show props for featuring older people who yeah. are making out on the reg like it's not like lash of us last of you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's not it's not like um an affair or no. whatever it's just like love between two married adults you know what i mean yeah like i think that's kind of cool something you don't really see a ton that's true you know and if of course at the time maybe you saw more of it anyway than you would now mm-hmm. but you know you don't really see that much so there's something to be said about that, I think. Maybe I'm raging again. <laughs> I tend to do that with the show. I, ch- <laughs> I I try to give it the benefit of the doubt. Who knows? Maybe by the end of this, like I might say, man, I love this show. Who knows? Dude, I'm. if that ever happens, like we've done our job right like mm. or maybe that's not really the point of our point of this podcast. But I feel like I feel like if we can turn the tide on the show, yeah. then then like the show has done its job. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. But as of right now, yuck. Mm. <laughs> but do you really hate the show? I don't hate the show. Like if we had to rate the show okay. in, in its entirety up to this point of what we've seen, what would you give it? Oh shit. That's bad. Um, or hard. Um, budge. I think I have my answer. Yeah. Well, you already have a smile on your face and you already know your answer. That's no, I I just, I just made it up right now. It's not like I've been thinking about this or whatever, but I feel confident in saying that I would give the show up to this point in its entirety a six. Okay. It's weird because maybe a seven. I I can't give it a seven. That's I, I know I'm in between five and six. Okay. Of its See, entirety me, right now. It 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 it's already earned more than a five because there has been some great episodes in what we've seen so mm-hmm. far. Things that I can grab onto and go, great episode. You know okay. what I mean? And I feel like if that's enough to like swing it past the five mark for me. I mean, mm. I don't you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm in between five and six yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see if it'll move up or yeah. if it'll stay the same. Who knows? That, that might, that'll be a cool sort of thing that we can benchmark ourselves every yeah. random, like randomly every so often and just go like, where is it now? You know, yeah. in its entirety of what we've seen. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I bet I bet it will inch up. Okay. For both of us. All I, right. Well, it's well, not hard for inch up for me, clearly, but I feel like it will inch up. I bet I bet we'll get you to an eight by the end of the series. That'll be interesting. I bet we will. Okay. It's it's recorded now. It's on it's on tape. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I'll let you know. All right. When we get there. All right. <laughs> well, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, your podcasts. Um, you can follow us at the number four heaven's sake pod on all the places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or send us an email at for heaven's sake show at gmail.com. We have a recap episode coming soon, so we would love to read and answer some mail from you guys on that. And until next time, bye.